and welcome to Fantastic Classics. My name is Crystal Nazny, and I'm joined by my co-host, Austin Pelosi. Howdy. So each episode, we'll discuss a specific classic rock album while also going off on a tangent or two. It should be noted before we get started, though, that we are by no means experts on the subject. We are just two friends who enjoy listening to and talking about music. We do do our own research beforehand, but this will more or less be a series of casual conversations. So if you like to listen to us talk, we very much appreciate it because not everybody really does. So without further ado, what do you say we get started, Austin? Sounds good to me. Let's get that drum rolling. All right, so we'll uh, we'll do a drum roll for the album that we are talking about in question. Let's get that drum rolling. The album is Talking Heads, Speaking in Tongues. Let's uh, let's stop that before David Byrne sues us. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of like to keep my tax return money. Thank you. Oh yeah, no, for real. So, uh, Talking Heads, speaking in songs. This is this is one of uh, your favorite bands and artists, correct? Absolutely. I, I love how weird they are. When I say weird, kind of like a um, like a Frank Zappa type weird. Yeah. Like a really like you have to really sit down and think about it. But then it really makes you think about what music really is. Like, you could just say a bunch of words in a song to a rhythm. It doesn't even have to make any sense. It can still be a song. Yeah, exactly. And that's what a lot of their songs are. That is kind of just talking to a rhythm. That's what's great about them is that, uh, it, I mean, I guess you could listen to them casually, but to actually listen to them in depth is is way more beneficial lyric-wise and music-wise, so like to really sit and listen to them is absolutely incredible. Like to, to think that they took like a certain genre, like they, they sort of took like new wave and mixed it with funk and just had their own sound, like it's a specific talking head sound. And I think that this album in particular is when, well, I, w- I don't want to say they came into their own with this one, because I think the, the one before, Remain in Light, is where mm. they got their talking head sound. I remember you mentioning that before. Yeah. But speaking in tongues, I, I really think is just an extension of that. And if anything, it's much better than Remain in Light. I mean, the, the, the track listing on there is absolutely incredible. You have what we just played, Burning on the House. They have Making Flippy Floppy, Girlfriend is Better, Slippery People. Moon Rocks. Moon Rocks. Uh, and, of course, who could forget... This must be the place. Naive melody. Yep, my favorite song. I absolutely love it. What a way to close an album. Oh, for sure. It's probably one of the best closers of of any album. I, me- I remember we talked about beforehand with Cosmos Factory. As uh, long as I can see the light, I think it's on par as a closer with that. To be completely honest, just just a perfect way to close an album. So, uh, what favorite tracks, man? Like, what, what which ones do you like the best exactly? Uh, my favorite has to be "This Must Be the Place." There's just something about the way that it sounds. It's 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 like almost like a "We Made It" type of of beat. Like it's it's very happy, very triumphant. But yeah, triumphant. Yeah, like it's it's happy, but it's also like saddening and like a happy way. Like we finally did it. We made it through everything. Here we are. We're where we want to be. We're in love with each other. Not um, for long. <laughs> yeah. Not when you're David Byrne. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's a shame. I mean, so, I mean, I, I'm sure you know more about it than I do. Like, what exactly was it with, with David Byrne that, like, I guess he just got to be too much, like, a, of a control freak and, like, he kind of, like, just drove everybody away from him? Because that's, that's everything that I could, like, gather from, like, looking up the talking heads is that, like, everyone kind of started to dislike him after a bit. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely, when you think of talking heads, one of the things that comes up the most is the the arguing between. It was basically the band versus David Byrne. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he had like you know lead singer syndrome you know like wanted to control everything wanted to to do this if it if something didn't go right it was everyone else's fault he took a lot of his aggression out on christy who christy who Chris, uh, who's the, who's the, oh my, the bassist, I forgot her name. Tina Weimar. Tina, okay. I don't know why I thought Christy. Um, oh, probably Christy, oh, okay, I, yeah, I, I, okay, I got yeah, you. Yeah, he, um, he took a lot of his aggression towards her. So even in, like, the early stages of, like, when they were just performing together in, in art school, mm-hmm. you know, like, she would provide transportation for the band and everything, and anytime anything didn't go right, he would just blame her for no reason. I actually didn't know any of that. That's that's a shame. Yeah, it's it sucks, because she's, she, they're, they're all amazing artists. She is so talented. Oh, dude. yeah, she's probably up there in one of my favorite bassists of all time. It's, it's, a, it's a real shame, too, because, like, you, you notice that women don't really get a lot of recognition in rock music, and Tina Weymouth being, like, one, one of the like prominent people just a, a very very skilled musician a very skilled bassist she actually went and formed tom tom club during the hiatus between remain in light and speaking in tongues arguably one of the best one hit wonders of all time what's 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 the name of the song i have it in my head uh, now it's, G- it's genius of love genius of love there we go yeah the, is, the name escaped me but it, yeah i'm sure even if you don't recognize the name of the song you've heard the beat or what artists have sampled of it it has been sampled so many times by so many popular artists even to this day you know mariah carey did it i think biggie did one as well possibly yeah off the beat but that one is definitely like one of the most sampled and iconic pieces yeah i love that i mean like i uh I listened to a little bit more of of Tom Tom Club outside of that song. Like, not that I can, you know, maybe like once or twice to listen to them. So I yeah. can't really off off the cuff name a couple of songs. It's it's one of those things but, where you really have to think about and yeah. then be like, I think I'm gonna go listen to this. Yeah. It's not like I feel like listening to Tom Tom Club that isn't their one hit wonder. Yeah, exactly. But very very talented, and that's that's a shame that uh, he took all of his aggression out on her. Yeah, it, and, re- uh, it really was a shame, especially because when they were still in art school you know like trying to figure out who they were as a band yeah. they didn't have a basis so dave just went up to her and was just basically like we need a bass player here learn how to play this so she didn't know before that then. not at all no wow. she just kind of just winged it that's incredible though she, to she think basically. of i mean that that's that's a shame that that had to happen but also it's incredible to think about that like she had to play bass and she became just this incredible bassist that like the very well known or i guess not as appreciated but Still a very talented musician, just on something she didn't even want to do. Yeah, exactly. And that's another thing that's fantastic about it. I'm trying to think of some other things between, like, them and Dave. I think one of the things was who actually started the band. Because I remember hearing something that, at one point, I don't think he does anymore. I think he, I, I think David Byrne is, like, more down-to-earth now and more mellow. But I think at a certain point, he tried claiming that the Talking Heads was his own creation, when really it was the drummer, Chris France. Who said, "Hey, let's start a band," and uh, I think I, I think there was some kind of like feud between the two of them over even just that. I mean, I'm sure there was multiple other things that they uh, didn't get along with, but that being one, one of the one of the many, yeah, one of, one of the bigger ones. Yeah, because he because Dave wants all basically all of the credit mm-hmm. for like you know this is this is I'm the lead singer, so this is my group, my music. And then all I can think about off the top of my head is in the '90s when. They officially, when the Talking Heads officially mm-hmm. dispersed as a band, Dave was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But all the other band members did. So they decided to tour on their own without Dave under the name Talking the, uh, the Heads, right? Was yeah. it just the Heads? Yeah. I, they originally tried being the Talking Heads still. And Dave was like, no, that's not happening. So then they were 
just the heads. Mm -hmm. And then even then, David Byrne was still like, no, I still own the rights to Talking Heads. I, I can I can understand him not wanting them to go as the Talking Heads because I mean like I I don't I don't think audiences would react well to that. Imagine like saying oh you're gonna go see the Talking Heads but no David Byrne like even if it is the rest of the members in there which is yeah. very cool. You know David Byrne is you know like the main. The, the, the main thing that you want to see like the one who wrote yeah. the songs who performs all the songs you want to see david in the big suit and everything like that yeah, ex exactly when you when you think of talking heads everyone thinks of of david no one really thinks of of the rest of the the band yeah so I, th I think it was a smarter idea to like, go with just the heads yeah exactly kind of like as a acknowledgement of like yeah we we were the talking heads but we're not really going as that you know i i think i think more groups should do that like there's there's a lot of groups that used to ha like you know have have members that either left or have passed away, and they continue as like the same name and it's just kind of strange like just off the top of my head, uh, Sublime does that like Sublime I, I with Rome. Sublime with Rome I I know they add the with Rome but even then I feel like they should just name it something totally yeah. different that's just my opinion you know I mean who, who am I really but I don't know I feel like if it was like if they, if they called it something like Santeria or like just like a like an homage to one of the songs, you know, it's, it's for the, it's for them, but not to have it actually be called Sublime. Yeah, but that's just a little tangent off, you know, has something to do with the uh, album we're talking about. So uh, I guess we'll get back to speaking in tongues, though. Something I I noticed was very interesting is that for their second, third, and fourth album, which would be more songs about buildings and food. Fear of Music, and Remain in Light. For those three albums, they actually had Brian Eno from Roxy Music produce those albums. So that, uh, I, I feel like, added like a certain flair to them, probably helped them get their sound because, you know, Roxy Music also, like, kind of like a strange sort of band. I, I lumped them into the whole, like, Talking Heads, Frank Zappa sort of sound, I guess. Like, just, uh, like, you know, just being strange in music. The cool thing about Speaking in Tongues is that they actually parted ways for this album and for them to have such success with a certain producer to leave and then to have their Four. biggest hit ever burning on the house i think that's a pretty amazing thing to be completely honest yeah it's that's usually not how it goes that's usually towards like the end of the band breaking up or they find like a different producer or mm -hmm. something to kind of get that but once they had once they really solidified their sound with remain in light it was basically just upwards from there. Like, they didn't really need anything else. But unfortunately, like all bands, it was... They kind of reached their peak towards their end. i say that was around when they were coming down, to be completely honest. Because Little Creatures came out after that, which I think was their biggest selling album of all time but i don't think really that's what I, I i think it's only their biggest selling because of how successful they were before i think if that was like their first album release oh, or yeah, like no it would have because it's really not it's it's still good but it's not on the same level, level as speaking in tongues or remain in light or even fear of music or something oh, yeah like where, that. where it's it's like a, it's something something different no I, I agree with you completely i feel like the the peak was really like the remain remain in light era and then speaking in tongues then they released stop making sense which is their the, live the concert movie yeah which is you've seen it right i actually have not austin you have to check that out and honestly anybody listening it is one of the most entertaining concert movies ever you know like there there's a lot of uh quintessential concert movies like i i feel like anybody who's into this type of music should see uh, other ones like i think of would be the who live the isle of white there, there are a few other ones that i can't really think of off the top of my head but 
Stop Making Sense is absolutely incredible. What they do is he'll come out and he does a stripped down version of Psycho Killer that he has. He literally comes out by himself. They have a Baron with a acoustic guitar and he's doing like a very stripped down version of Psycho Killer with just like a like a backing track as like a like a metronome beat almost like that. And then right after he finishes that song, which is a, a very like interesting version of the song, like it doesn't have like the bass line that you that you would know like in the actual track. It's a very different sounding song, but he, he does a very good job with it in, in this aspect. Then the rest of the band comes up, the, the curtains come up and the rest of the band is there and they go into Thank You for Sending Me an Angel. And just the rest of that show is just absolutely incredible. So this is the tour that they were doing to support Speaking in Tongues. So they have a lot of classics in there along with the the tracks for their new album at the time. And uh, that's what I love about it is that like everything on there I know, you know what I mean? Like every every single song they play is just like, oh, that's a banger, that's a banger, that's yeah. a banger. Every single every Wait, single song they choose. It, it, it's almost like it came off like a greatest hits title where it's just oh, like for sure. the, the best. Yeah, the only thing I know about the film, I've been wanting to see it for years. I actually own the soundtrack on vinyl, <laughs> but I've never seen the film. All I know is that the, because I was surprised when I found this out, uh, the director of Silence of the Lambs actually directed was it that uh, Joshua Demi or something like something, that? I, yeah. I feel like Demi is the last name. I might be getting the first name wrong, but yeah. So Silence, the guy who did Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, really. Yeah, he, he directed Silence of the Lambs. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, very surprised. I was very surprised by that. Going from like a the the only horror movie in history to receive a, a Grammy award to one of the best concert movies of all time. I thought that was such a nice jump. Oh, for sure. I that, I didn't even know that. Wait, Silence of the Lambs won a Grammy. He won a not a Grammy. Um, an Oscar. Oscar. About to say like what? <laughs> they won five Oscars for that. There was like the, I, I think they 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 cleaned house best, for it, yeah. That yeah, was like they, best uh, like everything. Best, best actor, supporting actress. They it won for best picture. Uh, best picture. Yeah. Which uh, it's crazy to me that just a, a another horror movie before and after that has not received that prestigious title. I feel like horror movies are very discriminated against. Oh, yeah. That is absolutely insane. But yeah, no, I mean, so back to speaking in tongues or really more so stop making sense. I have to say that the versions of Slippery People and Burning on the House on the, the live show, I think are uh, superior to the studio recordings. Really? Only because of the, just the stage presence. Like he has like the, he has like the background singers up there and everything like that. And they just like really add a flair to it. And then they add like these like little differences. I don't know, like a, almost like a futuristic kind of sound in Burning on the House. Like it's just like, it's the same song, but it's a little different. And the, those little differences you really appreciate. Because oh, yeah. especially if you, if you know the studio tracks, you know, by heart, you know what I mean? Like, is it, you know, people like you and I who listen to this kind of stuff on a regular basis, it's just kind of like in your head, like, you know, like every beat, every note. In yeah, the, you know how it's going to sound. To hear it slightly differently and knowing it's by the band, just kind of like messing around. Just improvising, basically. Yeah, definitely. It it, uh, it it just it just means a little bit more, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like, you know, they're, they're, they're doing this with their own stuff and just like trying to change it up a little bit, but like still staying true to the actual tracks and everything. Yeah, it makes it feel special. It's like uh, when you listen to like a Grateful Dead studio album versus their live shows because each one just sounds it can sound completely different from the other mm -hmm. you know there's no same two live tracks from the dead basically yeah we have to do a a grateful dead album at we, some point on this show definitely we'll, we'll we definitely should. have to do that there's we'll, so there's so many that i, I don't know, know there's so we'll, we'll think of one we'll, we'll we'll narrow it down to just one yeah so it came out in 1983 kind of towards the end little creatures after 
stopped making sense because they didn't make an album that year. It was just for the soundtrack of the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was 84. Yeah, 84. 85, they came out with Little Creatures. And this is kind of towards the end of of the group entirely. Yeah. To be honest, I don't really know much off of Little Creatures. I really just know Road to Nowhere. See, this is this is an issue I have. I have an issue where people tell me that like a certain album is bad and so I just won't go listen to it instead of forming my own opinion. So yeah. that's kind of what I've been doing with uh, Little Creatures. And I, I I really should go and check the album out just to just to know for my own sake. In in my personal opinion, I will say Little Creatures is one of my least favorite albums by them. I think it's probably up there with their last album naked so so what makes it not as good do you, do you think it has to do with them fighting a lot or is like like what, like what do you what do you think exactly was going on at that point it's it's weird because you think that they would have a you know coming after speaking in tongues you think that this would be like their next big thing or up there but something about little creatures i guess it, i to put it abruptly it's just it's boring. It's boring. So there's not not really any hooks to it. There's nothing that grabs you at all when you listen to it. No, there's not. It's there's not really any like there's not hooks. Any like weird musical sounds. It it sounds like if you asked the Talking Heads to do music, but mm. not sound like the Talking Heads. Interesting. Um, That's the way to put it. It has been a couple of years since I've listened to it, though. Mm-hmm. I've definitely listened to it a lot less versus like their other albums. Maybe you'd uh, form a different appreciation for it if you check that out again. I, I yeah, know I, I have to go check that out. Like I said, the only thing I know is Road to Nowhere, which I do think is a really good song. Like, Do you, do you think that's like the outlier of the album? Is like the only... like as, as far as I can remember, yeah, that one I could definitely like just put on in the car and not... Mm-hmm. have to really worry about what album we it came you. off of uh, and and she was was not that that was just a single correct that wasn't on the album because i think uh, that came out like right after speaking in tongues i'm not sure if it was or not it's not nothing's coming up on here if, if my memory is correct i'm pretty sure it that could, it could have been yeah it was it was Cause, like especially because it it's, it's the first song on the album mm-hmm. and then after that we have true stories which is it was for something else it was i'm trying to think i don't know if it was for like a movie or a tv show it's i don't know it's uh, so, i know that something about true stories was like it's a compilation or something like that wasn't true stories like a movie that david byrne did that's what it that's was that's what it was that's, okay. i knew i knew it was another movie but i couldn't remember like so he did the score for it It wasn't really a talking heads production it was just david byrne right basically i think so okay because i'm looking on the albums and i really don't recognize any of their songs uh off the album that's that's probably what ended up happening was it probably was just david byrne doing like a score for a movie or something like that yeah and that's usually that one's usually ranked uh, on lower on like their their album scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I I never even hear of that. Like it's, I said, I I don't really listen to anything past like I guess Road to Nowhere off Little like just that one song on yeah. that one album. Yeah, the, their their last their last three albums kind of fizzled. Mm-hmm. And then after True Stories, two years later in 1988, they released Naked, which would be their final studio album together as a band. Basically any remnants of them being friends or a band uh, at least versus like the other members versus dave Mm -hmm. uh would that basically come to an end especially going into the 90s trying to tour as just the heads yeah and then still trying to get sued by david byrne luckily they did end up winning that but even after that it's like it's like uh with the doors when jim morrison died how they tried releasing oh yeah i think we talked about this in a previous episode yeah an album or two two or three albums after he passed away and no one ever talks about them 
because yeah because they're just not good they shouldn't have happened in the first place it's not really the doors so just it was uh, that just kind of seemed like a cash cow like a, a cash grab like that you know yeah, it was more like a, oh we you know we don't need that but that was kind of like the end of the end of things mm-hmm. between everyone even even today like david Byrne still doesn't talk to the uh, other band members or anything like that they're, they're That's all it's a shame because they they really were one of the best bands of the late 70s early 80s I'd, I'd say like musically and like lyrically probably like up top as like superior band you know oh, it's, yeah. it's a shame that they don't get along anymore yeah yeah exactly i would love to and they're all still alive so yeah like if i if we could get like a, a talking heads tour it's not beyond the realm of possibility it really could happen i know david right now or at least for like last year something like that i was doing that like that play american utopia and i think he does do a handful of talking heads songs in there yeah but uh i i it's not like a talking Heads show i think he does like maybe like two or three talking head songs and the rest like covers of other people's songs and i'm not really even sure the premise of the play i just know that he does a play and that's really what he's been doing recently Uh, uh as for the rest of the members not entirely sure. They they might have Tom Tom Club still. They might still be a thing. I know they were yeah. releasing albums for uh, a good while. I don't, uh, I don't know their, their their last tracks uh, or anything like that. But yeah, music music wise, I'm not too caught up on them. Or if there's anything past that, um, I do know that I'd say it was probably like two, maybe two three years ago at this point. Tina and Chris released a book called Remain in Love instead of Remain in Light about them uh, touring with the Talking Heads, being part of the Talking Heads, falling in love with each other, dating and eventually marrying each other. And it just talks about like them forming, like them finding love through the band. That sounds interesting. Actually, might want to check that out. Oh yeah, it's they have like first first pressing copies of like both their signatures on it, which I thought I I would get it just for that. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they were huge members of the band. They're literally half the band. Yeah, no, <laughs> they, they don't really get that much recognition. They don't, but they're they're some of the great. Those two in together, you can really just see how they shine, especially on Genesis of Love, uh, Genius of Love. They're uh, they're still together. Yeah, that is. I, I love that. I love. I love when like relationships like that actually last like a long time and not like just fizzle out or kind of like blow up like a lot of celebrity relationships. Exactly. Not probably to... probably just because they were like kind of like pushed to the back burner. Yeah. Um, more more than anything. I just looked it up. the The last release that they had was in 2021. They have an album called The Good, The Bad, and The Funky. Really? Yeah. So I guess they are still active and still making music. Wow, which is that is. Really it's interesting. interesting. I'm actually uh, kind of happy about that because they're they're very talented. I'm, it's cool that they still continue on. There there is that one part of me that does kind of like when bands get back together and they try new music, even though it, most of the time, if not all the time, it doesn't really end up working. Yeah, because fans will know the band for a specific time period and only like specific songs. Like I I used to when I was younger, I used to think like that heavily. I was just like, I don't want to hear any new music from like an older band and like now like I I kinda understand. Like imagine you're an artist and you have to continuously play the same songs for oh, like no, 30 would... 40 years that would drive me absolutely oh, crazy yeah, especially man. if it's like a really good song yeah like, i can't imagine like, it would ruin it and I... uh, that that's the thing too like I, I feel like people get upset when they perform the songs in a different way and it's like that's the reason why they're doing it in a different way because can you imagine playing it note for note every oh, yeah, single no, time it, it would just it would sound like a cd oh my god for real over and over again no change or subtlety or uniqueness whatsoever added to the performance 
Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, like when I when that happens to me, when I go see a, uh, an artist and they do that, it, I kind of appreciate that because it's like, oh, you're getting this specific version of their song. Like, you're not going to hear this anywhere else. Like, they're, you know, like this yeah. is like, like the dead almost. You know yeah, what I mean? This, you're this you're is... never going to hear it. the same way ever again you know yeah i'm gonna we're gonna be the only ones that basically hear this yeah i I like that you know i'm happy that they're still touring i and i do hope that at some point in the hopefully near future that the talking heads have some kind of reunion because they are all still alive it it, it is a a possibility if they just kind of get over their differences hopefully if uh I mean, David, I, I was watching some videos with him recently, like doing interviews and stuff like that. He seems very mellow. I don't know how he would be like if you approach him on the street. But I mean, like interview, like he, he he definitely seems way more down to earth now than he did back in the early 80s. So who maybe he's matured. Maybe like he'll, you know, maybe it'll yeah, happen. He, he could be like a little bit more humbled now, which that would be really cool. Kind of the almost the villain of, of everything kind of coming back and just realizing like, what, like, why are we fighting? We should keep touring because that would be amazing. It's very it's very rarely that a band breaks up. All of the band members are still alive and all of them are still capable of making music. Exactly. All right. Well, I think we've talked about this album and band for uh, quite enough time. I think it's time to uh, start wrapping up this episode. So let me do my, my thank yous. Thank you for listening to Fantastic Classics. If you'd like to hear more, we drop a new episode every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and, and pretty much everywhere you get your podcast. Fantastic Classics is recorded at CSB Media Art Center in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Our intro and outro music is done by my friend Ryan Loader, and our logo was done by my friend Geneva Zetmeyer. You can find Ryan's band Dead Season on Spotify, Apple Music, and other streaming services, and on his Instagram, at DeadSeasonMJ. And you can find Geneva's art on Instagram, at ArtGarbage. That's it for this episode. So until next time, my friends, thank you so much.